evaluate our third round offer because it's time for the Grain of Truth Swingers Special. And please welcome your host, David Welcome to the Grain of Truth Swinburne Special, the show where the truth is going through a seven-year alternative tertiary pathway. <laughs> your, your Grains of Truth today. The CBD is a free tram zone, but outside of that, it's a caged tram zone. Oh. Carpet in... <laughs> <laughs> That's my favourite noise ever, friend. Whoever, no. whoever said one. words don't hurt. <laughs> Never met that guy. Uh, I know, right? Uh, carpet in the winter likes to get rugged up. Don't look at me for validation, Dave. (laughs) (laughs) The rose stems found in brothel gardens are called hawthorns. (laughs) And the killer who stole people's spines told his victims, don't worry, I got your back, bro. (laughs) (laughs) Need to resuscitate someone, I think. Oh, dear God, no. Stop, stop. The jokes are already (laughs) dead. (laughs) To introduce our... (laughs) To introduce our panellists for the episode, it's over to our resident scorekeepers, the Bobbers! Thank you very much, David. From McRobertson Girls' School, representing domestic science, it's Anna Rensenbring. Good evening. From the University of Melbourne, representing literature, it's Jim Redman. From the University of Adelaide, representing fairy tales, it's Vicky Kiriakakis. And from the Charles Sturt University Wagga Wagga campus, representing heroes, it's Rob Lloyd! The rules of Grain of Truth are simple. Points are awarded to the panellists for their responses to the ridiculously absurd questions, scenarios and topics that I give. Whoever has the most points wins the coveted Grain of Truth prize, which this week is a tub of ramen noodles. Who needs nutrition when you have a plastic cup of miserable life choices? <laughs> now... It's be- a mer- metaphorical cup of ramen noodles. <laughs> That's right. Uh, now, before we begin the quiz, here's a small challenge for everybody. Can you name the grain of truth that connects all four of our panellists' surnames? That's Renzenbrink, Redmond, Kyriakakis, and Lloyd. Yes. And we'll get to the answer at the end of the programme, but I will give you a clue. Representation. That is your clue, representation. But we'll start with round one, which is called Right Said Ted. Each panellist must deliver a 90-second Ted-style presentation relating to a theme. Uh, At 60 seconds, they'll hear this noise. And at 90 seconds, they'll hear this noise, at which they must wrap up their talk. Whoever uses their special skills to present on the theme the best gets the points. The theme of this Ted talk is, in fact, student life. So we'll start with Anna Renzenbrink, representing domestic science, talking about the topic of student life. Anna, your time starts now. Students are notoriously malnourished as they strive to balance a minuscule food budget with the demands of maintaining a blood alcohol reading higher than their grade point average. (laughs) Well, I am here to tell you that the days of students living frugally off ramen noodles and packets of ketchup stolen from KFC are over. Follow this advice and you'll be able to steal condiments from much fancier establishments. First... Start accepting those family invitations. 
Students should always be able to go out to the RSL for grandma's birthday because knowing that Uncle John will be covering the costs of the all-you-can-eat Mediterranean buffet extravaganza makes it irresistible and there is no shame in bringing Tupperware as isn't that exactly what Nana is doing too? <laughs> I recommend wearing maximum pocket cargo pants and a hoodie and lining your pockets and hood with glad bags. Make sure to get the Ziploc one so you can seal in the bathroom in between courses. And if you want to play hard, Ball, change your major to the exact field of expertise Uncle John has devoted his life to. And if that's nanotechnology or 12th century farm architecture, so be it. Flattery will get your bill paid and possibly a lift home. Another tip. Buy a loaf of bread and a slab of cheese. Make toasted sandwiches using your iron if you don't have a Breville Cafe-style press. Ha 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 As if you will have an iron. What you should do is place the sandwich under your laptop as you sit in bed watching the endless saucy <laughs> breakfast-eating scenes from Downton Abbey on Netflix. Instead of writing your essay, you will toast a sandwich to perfection and you'll never go hungry again. Anna, what was your favourite thing to buy at the school canteen? What was your favourite thing to get at the school canteen? Oh, when I went to Princess Hill Secondary College before the McRobertson Girls High School, <laughs> we used to get a frozen <laughs> Mars bar. Frozen ah. Mars bar? The, sh- the milk bar owner kept the Mars bars in the freezer section and they lasted a lot longer. What about you, Tim? What was your favourite thing at the school canteen? I cannot resist an old dim sum. Oh, an <laughs> old dim sum. Old dim sum. No, no fresh stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Fried, oh, fried and frazzled and sitting there for a whole afternoon. Oh. That's Tim Redmond. <laughs> <laughs> stare at the abyss and then just stares back. <laughs> stares back. Life is like a dim sim. Uh, Vicky, what was a uh, favourite thing to get mm. in the school canteen? When I was in primary school, you could give over 10 cents. Don't do the maths on how old that makes me. And get like a little, a little bunch of chicken crimpies. Oh. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Do you remember that? Oh, oh gosh, yeah. Oh. As in, like the bi- you're talking about the biscuits, yeah? Yeah, 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 oh, yeah. The little chicken crimpy biscuits. Oh, fantastic. They were awesome. What about you, Rob? What was your... Um, well, at primary school, the best thing was when you'd actually order at the start of the day, and so at lunchtime it'd be delivered to you, and we used to have, like, little little pizzas. Little pizzas, that was incredible. And But at high school, the best thing was it came in my last year at high school, they had uh, potato cakes. Oh. So, uh, oh my gosh, I'm so native now because I'm from New South Wales and they were called scallops. scallops. What? So but scallops are fish. <laughs> not in New South Wales. You know uh, what we call fish in New South Wales? What do you? Fish. <laughs> <laughs> Reference. Uh, see, I, I just remember at my high school, the potato cakes were really sad and soggy. That was the one sad thing. But Ours was crisp and salty. Mm. But I tell you what, my, the school that I work at, they do chips and gravy. You've told me ah. that. That is our, amazing. You know, in this world where all high schools need to be all healthy food, somehow our high school managed to, I think it's because they use vegetable oil. I think that's how they got <laughs> circumvented the, the rules. But chips and gravy, oh, it's the best. Huh. Uh, obesity. Now, uh, to next speak on the topic of student life is Tim Redmond, Ooh, uh, representing literature. Tim, your time starts now. Hello, everyone. What is... University? (laughs) Is it a magical place of learning where you expand your soul or is it indeed something else? We should look to the students. I mean, we all know there are essays, deadlines, you've got to have notated sources for your essays, clever quotes, uh, early AM lectures, late PM tutorials. But for one student, this is nothing but a thrill. An inconvenient thrill, ladies and gentlemen, I present to you the mature age student. (laughs) 
one who has returned to study from their life of, and I'll tell you this in person, of working for a living. <laughs> then that time away working, education has become something of a, a myth, a magic thing, like a Hogwarts for people who read. And yes, they're the one who's taken out every book from the library with the killer Othello quotes that you need for that contemporary literature essay. And yes, they're the one melting down the photocopier, photocopying every single page to source for many quotes. And yes, they've got four separate colour highlighters to contextualise their quotes. <laughs> but show them some love, ladies and gentlemen. For their true lesson, the mature age student, is indeed a hard one. When they find out that the tale is neither round nor unvarnished, when their contemporary literature student turns out not to be a lighthouse of wisdom who wants to engage in vociferous debate and expose ideas for the truth within, but just a bored old postgrad who wants to pick up cheeks with his knowledge of literature. <laughs> he wants to bang him with a bit of bard. Oh. He wants to crack a fat with some Steinbeck. <laughs> he wants to do something unmentionable with Emily Dickinson. <laughs> So what to do? You're a mature age student, you've come to university to be exposed and this is what you get. Perhaps this is the greatest lesson what university does teach us. That in the end, ultimately, university is like life. All things are just a bunch of people in a room trying to work things out. That's what university is. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, Tim Redmond. Nice. Uh, we're in our educational experience of the past, we've either dealt with mature age students or perhaps general know-it-alls. Do, <laughs> do you remember, Tim, any particular know-it-alls or mature age students from any of your studying history? Yeah, that was me, David. Oh, right. <laughs> Well, both? <laughs> yeah, I was a know and I felt myself falling into the archetype of it. Of, oh. You know, wanting to say, no, but in real life, <laughs> Hamlet wouldn't do that. He'd be yeah. sacked, mate. <laughs> I was that guy. What about you, Anna? Did you go to schools with no one else? I was recently an insufferable mature age student in an improv class. Oh, really? <laughs> yes, go on. Where I had about 10 more years of experience on everyone else in the room. <laughs> And uh, asked in a very passive-aggressive way, this is an in-joke for improvisers, um, did you learn happy failure? <laughs> uh, when the class was very grumpy with themselves for not getting something right. Mm. Yes, it was a horrible... Uh, well, that's an experience. What about you, Vicky? Did you ever have a uh, know-it-alls or deal with mature-age students? Um, no, but I always thought it would be awesome to be one. Like, because... Which one? Either or both? Both. Oh, okay. Because... When you're going through, like, uni the first time, it's like I just, my first year is just a wash in memories of alcohol and <laughs> skipping classes and then having to sit four supplementaries and I was only doing five subjects. So, <laughs> like, I always kind of thought, if I go back, wouldn't it be great to be, a, you know, a mature-aged, know-it-all student who could be that organised that you had, like, four different colour highlighters instead of falling asleep in the back of psych <laughs> class? That would have been awesome. <laughs> Ready to learn. <laughs> yes. I say more power to those people. Uh, I, I'm going to ask a question that's really a statement. Uh, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> Our next speaker is Vicky Kiriakak. Don't, 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 don't you want to hear about my... <laughs> no, oh, no, look, it's, a, it's a country student, <laughs> underage. <laughs> well, OK. We had a cow called Phil. <laughs> Phil, Phil was a good participant in most tutorials. <laughs> he kept things moving. <laughs> uh, uh, do you want to hear about mine? Yeah, sure. Okay. Yeah, um, we didn't really have an... Um, at our year, most of the... Because I went to Charles Sturt University in Wagga Wagga and we did the acting degree there. We weren't really in the top five of acting courses in Australia. If you couldn't get into NIDA, WAPA, VCA, Nepean, 
uh, or even um, <laughs> even the communication course at Bathurst that Andrew Denton did, he came to Wagga. So we had a lot of teenagers there, so we didn't have a lot of mature age students, but we had one girl who was the straight A student at everything. She got HD, she got honours, she was like going to be the number one top actress. Uh, she went and did a teaching degree and has never stead, stepped foot on a professional stage as an actor ever. Aww. So, yeah. do, do you feel somewhat smug about that, do you? I feel all the smug. <laughs> <laughs> Our next speaker is Vicky Kiriakakis representing Fairy Tales <laughs> to present on the theme of student life. Vicky, your time starts now. Once upon a time. There was a beautiful and talented young woman called Snowy. And every week, Snowy would go along to her alma mater for her 9.5 contact hours plus two-hour tutorial. And she was so beautiful and so talented that she attracted attention wherever she went on campus, from the seven short engineering students that followed her everywhere around the campus, <laughs> singing, hi-ho, hi-ho, it's off to the Swinburne Union lounge and bar we go. Yeah, I know how campus life works. We spend more time there than we do in our lecture theatres. To her round Scottish behavioural science lecturer with the glasses and the terrible stutter that secretly coveted her flesh. Ooh. All saw her and loved her, except for the dean, <laughs> who saw her amazing sparkling awesomeness and was insanely jealous. And every day the dean would go onto her LinkedIn profile and <laughs> ask, LinkedIn, LinkedIn, in the cloud... <laughs> Who is the bestest one around? And the LinkedIn profile will go, well, you only got one profile view this week, so it's not you. <laughs> However, do you know Snowy? Connect now. <laughs> and so the dean contrived to get rid of Snowy and ruin her reputation, and she paid the Student Services Union to organise the bacchanalian evil that we call O-Week. And into the dark forest of this insanity did Snowy find herself led, wherein she came upon a mysterious stranger that offered her an apple and promptly... <laughs> rendered her unconscious. But hark, a young lib comes across her in the darkness and didst pash her while she was still unconscious, engendering such a reaction of disgust that it ripped her from her slumber and led to a slap that resounded throughout the land and all were happy. <laughs> the end. Either in your current workplace or in your studying history, uh, did you ever have a favourite place on campus? The bar. <laughs> the bar? I speak from experience. I, had, I loved the bar. I would spend much time at the bar when was I was it, supposed to be on Was it just the alcohol? Was it because of the social aspect? Or? Uh, no, it was more the social aspect. Yeah. And I became something of a pyromaniac at the bar. Um, I got into the habit of melting together straws and creating straw structures and, and, huh. and, and sculptures and art types until such time as I actually cracked... Uh, I, I had done so much of it and, I, and it just all went up in flames and cracked this glass... Uh, what do you call those things? Ashtray. Yeah. And, and then I got banned from the bar for like a whole semester and I was oh. devastated. Oh, no OH&S back then. <laughs> Not that this is what I recommend people. <laughs> like, you should all go to your lecture theatres and do your classes. <laughs> Stay you in pass. school, kids. <laughs> what about Rob? Uh, was, did you ever have a favourite place on campus? Yeah, yeah. It, was, it wasn't actually on campus though. It was in the centre of Wagga. It was the Riverina Playhouse and that's where we did all our main stage theatre productions. And so, you know, um, most of the stuff I'd done in high school was in the local 
local, um, you know, in our, in our gymnasium turned mm. theatre. Or uh, when I was with the local theatre company, we were digging in massive, you know, gaping huge holes of mm. barns that were theatres. So to actually perform in an actual legitimate built theatre uh, space was incredible for like 18 year old Rob Lloyd to jump on a stage like that. I just loved doing any show there and hanging around. I worked in the front of house as well. It became like this, you know, as actors, we. We talk about, oh, the home is our theatre, but it became, you know, it was my home for my educational years of being a young actor. Oh, well, now I feel like an idiot. How productive were you? I'm <laughs> making oh, yeah, straw yeah. structures. University for me was just like an extension <laughs> of high school. The first year of uni was like year 13. So I, I, I didn't start drinking until my mid-20s. Right. Uh, Good <laughs> Uh, better late than never. Our final speaker is Rob Lloyd, representing <coughs> Heroes, to present on the theme of student life. Rob, your time begins now. One hero. I have one hero from my student life. Uh, her name, I can't really remember it, actually, uh, because uh, for my last three years at uni, I lived above um, one of the greatest things for a uni student to live above. I lived above a fish and chip shop. It was called Mark's Fish and Chip Shop. There was a woman behind the counter, and we thought her name was Georgina. She was a short uh, Greek woman, and we called her Mrs. Mark. And she would provide us with the fatty, greasy, horribly wonderful fish and chips or uh, chicken burgers or hamburgers or whatever we ordered. And these were chips the size of cinder blocks. They were huge and massive. And I'd go down pretty much every day and she knew me by name and asking how my shows were going. And on my last day of uni, I'd been at, uh, been at uni four years, at that place for three years, I came in to say goodbye and she came around from the counter. The first time I'd actually seen her legs. <laughs> she handed me a present. She burst into tears and wished me all the luck in the world. So for Mrs. Mark, you're the hero of my uni student life. Aww. Ladies and gentlemen, Rob Lloyd! I didn't quite hear that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'll cut that out, right? Oh, cut oh, right. Uh, question to the panel. I can start from Anna this time. Uh, did you have a best friend at school and who was it? I had a best friend in year 12. Her name was Hannah. Mm. And, um, <laughs> really? And people would greet us as, it's Hannah and Anna. Mm. Hannah and Anna. Hannah and Anna. <laughs> and um, she uh, actually, she lives in San Francisco now, so I've seen her both times I've been to America in the last few years, which has been gorgeous. And uh, I was very sad that she didn't come all the way back to Australia for a recent high school reunion, which I made myself go to. <laughs> oh, I know I've already talked a lot, but I have to say, this is horrific. They made us all stand in a big circle and for like 30 seconds each tell the rest of the group what we'd done with our lives. Oh, it was awful. Why? I had to live tweet the whole reunion to get myself through it. <laughs> I know, right? Oh, Whoa. dear. Uh, hashtag confronting. Uh, um, Tim, uh, did you have a, a best friend at uni or high school or tertiary or anything like that? Oh, well, from primary school. I'm still oh. friends with him. Uh, Jackman. And we bonded over our love of Hot Wheels cars, which were way better than Matchbox. Yes, No shouty debate, debate here. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yes. Yes. We that's all right. concur. Um, hot uh, Wheels. Ladies, ladies yeah. and gentlemen, do we believe Hot Wheels? Hot Wheels. Hot Wheels. Oh, hot Wheels. Vicky, best friend at uh, high school, primary school, uni? Ah, uh, yeah. My best friends, I think, I made in uni. Um, mm. uh, I had. Um, 
I'm just trying to think. <laughs> like I had, no, no, no. I had like I had uh, I had three female friends who were really awesome, great best friends. So Dimitra, um, Christina, and Megan. Megan in particular, I'm still awesome friends with. Megan Humphreys, if you're listening, shout out to Megan. She's awesome. Um, they, they're all in Adelaide. She lives in Adelaide now, but we still we still keep, keep in contact. Everyone else was kind of a passing acquaintance, but okay. those three were like my posse. Lovely. And Rob, what about your uh, best friend either at school or uni? Mr. Alexander Jones, born on the 2nd of April 1978, the day before me, uh, but he was born in England, so we technically said we're twins. Um, and... We didn't, we didn't figure out the math that much. Uh, he is the man who introduced me to Doctor Who in my first year, uh, 1996, and we were friends uh, all through uni. We lived together for our final two years of our acting degree. Um, he's now living in England. He's gone back home. You can follow him on Twitter, at uh, Professor Prune. Um, and, yeah, he was amazing, and we got on incredibly well, and we, like, you know, talked about the same things like Red Dwarf and Star Wars, mm -hmm. and he introduced me to music, like cool music, because I only liked things of stone and wood so he introduced me to like pink floyd and extreme and all these amazing bands um uh yeah my favorite moment is on our final production uh we did uh, the would-be gentleman by moliere and on opening night there was a procession of trays that came around and someone sp spun around and those trays smashed everywhere while al was doing his big speech and i stepped forward and improvised a line and just went eh, it's their first night and everyone burst laughing and i got a big round of applause and stuff I finished and I felt really proud of myself and at the end of that scene, Al ran out and just screamed at me going, you ruined the flow of my scene and we almost got into a fist fight. It was like full on and everyone in the cast thought I was in the wrong for improvising. They thought I was just upstaging. Uh, <laughs> and, <laughs> and that's, that's begun an illustrious career. In improvisation. Acting. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the end of the rounds. It's time for a score update from the Boffins. Boffins. Thank you very much, David. According to the Grain of Truth lecture notes, Vicky Kiriakakis is in the lead by some indecipherable handwriting. Yay! Uh, the next round is the analysis and application round. Our panel is divided into teams of two and must apply their skills to an application task. Tim and Anna, yes. are we challenging you to describe the animals yes. that are the inspiration for these common phrases? Yes. So there's some common phrases <laughs> and the animals that were actually used to inspire them. So the first one we've got here is the phrase hocus pocus. Hocus pocus. <laughs> <laughs> It was uh, a porcupine. porcupine. Porcupine, very prickly porcupine. And uh, poke is a pork, you pine. Mm. <laughs> a hocus, as you may in fact know, is the name of the burrow that they oh, live in. Right. There yeah. are various forms of animal that use a hocus, but only the hocus pocus, the porcupine, yes. uses the hocus. <laughs> <laughs> very good. Yeah. Uh, the judge, do we agree? <laughs> yes, I think yeah. so. We'll Hot, wheels. <laughs> Hot wheels. Hot wheels. Hot wheels. Uh, what about the phrase uh, quick smart? Quick smart really refers to an electric eel. Yes. Which is, get out of that river quick smart. <laughs> Am I right? Yes. Am I right? <laughs> Lovely. And finally, once, twice, three times a lady. What animal inspired that phrase? That is the juvenile giraffe. Right. Because it wobbles like a lady wearing high heels at a nightclub. And it indicates its amorous intent, thus coming into adulthood by raving its head wobbling once, <laughs> twice, <laughs> three times, you're a lady. Ladies and gentlemen, give it up! That's awesome. <laughs> Stand and justified applause. They're never going to look at a porcupine the same way again. <laughs> 
fabulous. Rob and Vicky, yes. are we challenging you to advertise <laughs> these classic pieces of literature, but to a newer, funkier, modern mm. audience? Oh, so right. you might have to change it, advertise it, whatever it might be. Yeah, um, the first one we're going to look at is uh, Vern's 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. How are you going to market oh. that to young people? Squidlies. Like a really giant squidly diddly. Yeah. It comes straight at, like, Captain Nemo. Is mm-hmm. that his name? Yeah, Captain Nemo. Hold <laughs> on. Dude. You know what I'm thinking? I'm thinking, you know, Captain Nemo played by SpongeBob. <laughs> yeah. Oh, SpongeBob God. is huge at the moment, big at the moment, massive at the moment. Bring SpongeBob into it. Oh, 20,000 leagues under the sea are the Nemo. It's just like that. SpongeBob, Nemo, 20,000 leagues under the sea. Okay, and let's confer. Yep, Hot Wheels. <laughs> um, Onwards. The, what about Tolstoy's War and Peace? How are you going to advertise that to a younger, funkier audience? Oh, okay. Okay, vampires. 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 War and peace and blood and and sparkles. And and sparkles, exactly. And we get in, what's that guy's name? The Oliver guy from Higher Potter. Oh, um, Oliver. That dude, you know, Edward Cullen. Edward Cullen, Robert Patterson. Yes. Our Pat. Our Pat. (laughs) Oh, he's so delicious. Have you seen how huge his chin is? He can be Alexei. Alexei? Yes, and I heard his Russian accent's incredible. Yes. Yes, and he can dance the bolero with his top off. And we'll, and we'll make it like into we'll make it like into like four films. Four films, four five films. films. Five, five, it's five one films. book. We'll cut it into five films, five and we'll films. have Frodo Baggins there just for the hell of it. That's right. Hot Wheels. <laughs> and finally, H.G. Wells's War of the Worlds. Oh, easy. Uh-huh. Got it. Got it. Right here. Okay. You know what we got? Angelina Jolie, Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt's the aliens, Angelina Jolie's the earth. <laughs> Bang, boom, disease, and there it is. Type the check. What do you reckon? <laughs> I'm with you all the way. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Robin Vicky. <laughs> do you know what I love? <laughs> I love that we're talking about books and we're like, how can you make these books more interesting? And we're just like, film. Film, film, <laughs> film. It's a, sad in- it's a sad indictment of our lives. Vicky. Could say no one would have believed. Now, uh, David, don't use that lightly. Well, I'm sorry, yes, I'm sorry. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. I'm Brad, I'm Hot, hot wheels. <laughs> matchbox, matchbox. Hot wheels. Oh, okay. <clears throat> I didn't sign up for a soundscape. Oh. I signed up for a podcast. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I think we've got an angry caller in. Oh, it's, uh, it's Anna from Wesselwell. What have you got to ask, Anna? Uh, now. Oh, I seem to have a problem with all these podcasts turning into song jingles. <laughs> uh, it's a terrible... They'll cut that, right? Yes, sure. Um, uh, so it's the end of the round, so it's time for our points update from the Buffins. Buffins. <laughs> Are you reading your mobile phone again? I, I vagued out there. It was sounding wonderful. So, according to the Grain of Truth train, train timetable, Tim Redmond is in the lead by a delay at Camberwell. You didn't need to announce that. Wow. You, just, you didn't need to announce that, Boffins. You just posted it on Twitter. That's really good. Yeah, and he took a photo. Even the Boffins is fading. And he just Snapchatted it. I don't know I why you had to take that. You had the title there, but I don't know why you Snapchatted your Quite penis. Possibly. Why isn't that what you do on Snapchat? Yeah, that's all it is. Penises he wrote, he and wrote the points on it. Look closely. <laughs> see, see, David, I was paying great attention, but according to my sheet, you had one other option there. You've only done two out of your three. Well, because we've got because the game was over. The game was. So does that mean? Does that mean you?
you just vague out? I'm just waiting till the talking stops and I'll wait for David's cadence, points cadence. So I may as well say, well, blah, 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 there's a boffins! And think you know when to start talking. That's pretty much uh, See, I how was, I describe uh, my relationship with you today. Our next weird. round, funnily enough, is called How Delightful. Yeah! Yay! <laughs> Each... <laughs> Each pair of panellists are assigned a topic and they must say as many delightful things about the said topic in 60 seconds as possible. If the other team decree that they, what has been said is not delightful, they can make a noise like this, or I can make a noise like this, and the opposition can take the remaining time. Uh, so we start with Anna and Tim. And the first topic you need to say as many delightful things as possible is the topic of coffee dates. So coffee dates. So you need to say as many delightful things as possible starting now. Flat whites. Rich. Oh, what, what was the reason for the ding there? Racist. Uh, <laughs> uh, continue. With foam. With a, a barista, flirty barista, making a little love heart in the foam of that, the that's not, oh, oh, Look, I'll accept that, but we're going to go throw over. I will accept Rob's uh, call of racism. Uh, continue. Oh, I thought the, racist was a reason to do the ding again. That's oh, why well, I dung it back. Oh, I'm, I'm so sorry. Oh, well, she double racist me. Oh, hang on, well, I'm getting confused. <laughs> Let's continue with Rob and Vicky on... You've got 55 seconds to go on uh, coffee dates. Lightly toast raisin toast to share between two... Oh, marshmallows. Oh. Marshmallows that melt in your little foamy oh, cappuccinos. Yes, we can hear people's skin crawling, please. Oh, yes. We're what's delightful about coffee oh, dates oh, is their yes. duration. Yep. What's Things aren't going well. It takes you 20 minutes to eat a coffee. You're gone. You're back on the 76 tram and home. Yep. That's delightful. Cool. You know what else is delightful yes. about coffee dates? Yeah. That someone has chosen out of all the people in the world to sit there opposite the table with you in oh. broad daylight and have a conversation. Coffee is about conversation. Nothing more delightful than conversation. That's right. When you're a student, uh, you can't afford food, but you can always <laughs> afford a coffee. Uh, no, I'm sorry. Yes, we <laughs> won't have, have students. <laughs> we won't have, have students never. starving here on this program because it's too much close to reality. And have We're you g- never been to a coffee shop at the moment? It costs a small child to get a latte. Yeah. Uh, am I right, people? Am I right? Uh, what is the deal? With, yeah. yeah. What's the deal? What's the deal? Uh, <laughs> Baby coffee. <laughs> I think using child slavery to purchase your coffee is not delightful. <laughs> it's more of a sad indictment of society, Mr. Redmond. Uh, we're going to go over to Robin Vicky. You've got another 24 point something seconds to go. Continue on with coffee dates. Coffee dates, yes. Uh, the, the little biscuits and pastries that you can oh. get with them, now, they're, they're so delightful. So decadently delicious. Mm. And, and, and uh, good looking. Oh, oh what? It's, oh. Having a sip and coming up with a milk moustache. Delightful. Oh, oh look, I, that, the I milk moustache does beat the stumble, so continue on with uh, 12, point, uh, 12 oh, and a half seconds ex- to go. Excuse me, hot guy, is yeah, this seat yeah. taken? No, it isn't. Do you want a coffee? I would love a latte. Oh, 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 oh I have oh. never had a hot guy ask me to come and have a coffee with that, <laughs> That's very true. That's never happened to me either, so I'm going to continue <laughs> on with, with Rob and Vicky. You've got five seconds to go. Go. The, the, the books that they always have at these places, so that even if you don't actually have a date date, you can still have a date that he's so... And the really and co- yeah. nice. nice one, Vicky. Nice. Uh, nicely done. Uh, Vicky well, brought it home. Uh, on five <laughs> delightful things is Rob and Vicky, but on seven delightful things is Anna and Tim. So, your are oh. uh, And now we're going to... We're going to... <laughs> Yay, thank you, people. 
Thank you very much. Much appreciated. Uh, Rob and Vicky, you're going to continue on with the next one, which is lectures. So you need to tell me as many delightful things about lectures as possible. So in 60 seconds, starting now. Genuinely, though, you learn new things, and new things are delightful to learn. Like, there's so much out there to know, and people come and teach you. Mm, yeah, like I, I did film history when I was at university and I found out so much about like the doctor, uh, the cabinet of Dr. Calgary was the first one I saw. I saw Intolerance. I saw the, I think I saw the first five hours of Intolerance um, and just uh, broadened my uh, horizon of what film is and what it's capable of. So lectures are amazing. Archaeology would be a great lecture. Oh, Imagine yeah. archaeology lectures. Harrison awesome. Ford would be there. It'd be great. It'd That's right. Indiana Jones. What, what, what are we interrupting for? Uh, what's Delightful about a lecture is bringing your coffee date. Oh, I think it's nice. I will accept the linking of topics. Continuing on with Anna and Tim. Anna and Tim, uh, you're continuing on. You have 24.2 seconds. Imagine a a middle-aged professor struggling with her overhead plastic slides and putting them up back to front. Overhead plastic slides are not delightful. No, that's true. We have moved on to PowerPoints now. (laughs) It's all about the PowerPoints. We've gone with 14 more seconds to go. Continue with Rob and Vicky. Hot lecturers. They're delightful. So many hot lecturers. Many not enough time. Lecturers. Lecturers are not delightful. That's true. Lecturers, lecturers aren't delightful. So we're going to move on with 9.8 seconds over to uh, uh, Anna and Tim. The most delightful thing is it's rare in this life that for one blessed hour we all agree, let's just sit in silence and listen. Bring, bring. Turn off your phone, (laughs) people. Bloody boffins. (laughs) Those damn boffins. It was the mature age student's phone ringing. (laughs) It's my kids. I've got to go pick them up from childcare. All right. Some of us have a life outside of this. While you're out drinking, I have to raise two children. All right. My child is a gifted student. Very now, anyway, uh, they dance like nobody's watching. Uh, and they run into walls like they can't see. Uh, Rob and Vicky, you had nine delightful things, yeah. but Anna and Tim, you went home with ten delightful wow. things. Oh, well done. give a round of applause! Well done. Very good. Okay, well, that's the end of the round. So now it's back over to the boffins. <laughs> is that, for did us. you say that was the end of the round? That is the end of the round. So we have come to the end of proceedings where we are talking about a particular thing. Yes. And then do we say hand over to the responsibility of said boffins? I do declare, Mr. Lloyd, that one's words would be indeed accurate to 100% variety. I cannot wait to hear what they have got prepared for us in their vocal cadence. Oh, yes. Well, it, well... Here we go. <clears throat> I feel like Lloyd in his sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> and now it's back on. <laughs> it doesn't Why end well. Is it <laughs> uh, now Handed. it's back over to the boffins. <laughs> and now it's back over to the boffins for a score update. Boffins. Thank you very much, David. According to the Grain of Truth End Turn Report, the boffins themselves would be in the lead if they'd paid more attention and were not distracted by idle chatter. Yeah. Well done, Potters. <laughs> well, How meta. 
before we find out who won today's show, it's now time to reveal the answer to our Grain of Truth Connection Challenge. Firstly, did anyone on the panel get the connection between your surnames? It's Renzenbrink, Redmond, Kiriakakis, and Lloyd. I think I did, David. Yes. Um, the clue was representation. That is correct. These, is, uh, these are legal precedents. Oh, yes. Go on. What, what's, uh, what's the Renzenbrink precedent? The Renzenbrink is you win your case with delightful use of a pass-ag. <laughs> 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 Redmond, you invest with empty nostalgia in the hope of winning someone over. <laughs> Kiri Carcass, you actually look the jury in the eye and invest some social conscience into their hearts. Yes. And the Rob Loy, you just add showbiz. <laughs> I really love that. Give a round of applause to You are, in fact, all lawyers. Uh, so Bill Redmond is the managing director of Redmond and Redmond Lawyers in Queensland. Previous to, previous to that was Redmond Van de Graaff Lawyers. And previous to that, Redmond, uh, William Redmond Solicitors. He was also the honorary consul for the Consulate of Columbia. Uh, Lloyd and Lloyd solicitors are based in Sydney. They claim to have exceptional insight, personal approach. <laughs> Phil Alexander in 2014 wrote this comment, I've only recently started working with Patrick and the team at Lloyd and Lloyd since last, late last year, and my experience to date has been excellent. He was never heard of again. <laughs> um, Brett Renzenbrink is managing attorney, Cincinnati. At no relation. <laughs> at Lupa Neanderthal and Logan. He is a goal-driven attorney who aggressively brings about the greatest possible outcomes for clients. He was awarded the Super Lawyers Rising Star Ohio. That's the top 2.5% of lawyers in Ohio in I think it's pronounced Super. <laughs> yes. In 2014 and 2015. And he also speaks Spanish. I don't know why, but there are lots of Renzenbrinks in Ohio. Oh, that's where you all congregate. It's where the great Renzenbrink convention is. <laughs> it's Renzocon. It's the Hellas Point. Oh, it's because Hellas you're Pont. a surprise guest. Of now I've ruined it. <laughs> <laughs> and Jeff Kiriakakis Jeff? is a lawyer in North Co- Carolina and Georgia. He has a wife and two kids, attends St. Nicholas Greek Orthodox Church and served as a parish council president since 2010. He was rated 6.5 out of 10 on the AVO scale, which is calculated purely on his lawyer background. And it's un- according to the website, it's unbiased because it's calculated with a mathematical model. <laughs> a 6.5 is classified as good... One, if you ever get one as one, is apparently extreme caution. Who said Facebook stalking was unhealthy? Uh, There we go. That was actually LinkedIn stalking. (laughs) That was what we did before Facebook. My sister's also in the law. So there you go. There's 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 another career carcass. Well, there you go. And my mum was born in St. Nicholas. Oh. Not the Weird. Yes, Not the, the little town. No. Well, no okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Oh, the Chris Mary. How does it work? Uh, well, that was the connections that we had wow. there. So it's over to the Boffins. Could you determine from your working out who has won the ramen noodles? Thank you very much, David. The winner of the ramen noodles this evening is Tim Redman! Tim, I've got a great recipe for ramen noodle shepherd pie that you can make in your electric blanket. <laughs> that's what I'll do with my prize. Oh, that's, that's, that's the best pickup line I've ever heard. <laughs> I was going to ask you to share, and then I just thought, no. No, no. no the pie's great. <laughs> no way. No, no, we're on fine. uni. Want to get some drinking and some ramen oh. in? 
there's nothing like regretting that hex day. Uh, <laughs> well, that's the end of the program, and I hope you enjoyed it. You can come and see the recording on the first day of the month at 1 p.m. at the Wesleyan. Our website is www.grainofthruth.com.au, and you can follow us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Grain of Truth Show, and on Twitter, at Grain of Truths. Now, let's be to thank our panel, Anna Renzo, Brick, Tim Redmond, Vicky Curry, Carcass, Rob Lloyd, our Buffett of the Week, John Franklin, our composer, Matthew Hedgard, Rage by Michael Bale, the Orange Studios, our logo designer, Tom Markovich, our sound restorer, Armand Fatigue, official pun better, Asher Cameron, Anthony Osborne, and the Swinburne Public Relations Society. I've been your host, David, and have a splendid day.